the field of really high level quantum computing companies, there's amazing quantum coming out of Australia and the UK. Um, so I think it, it's it's to our benefit, you know, for us to be having those conversations with those investors, you know, that, that are seeing the landscape in those other countries as well. Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group. Inside a new investment network supporting one of the U.S.'s newest security partnerships. And we discuss the technologies that could have the greatest potential impact in the Indo-Pacific. It's Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast, where you will hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. Lawmakers are taking their responsibility to produce AI legislation seriously, with news of at least two more AI-focused bills being added to the already jam-packed slate of legislation to regulate the technology. FedScoop last week had an exclusive story on a series of new bills in the works from Democratic Senator Maria Cantwell of Washington that aims to be the first comprehensive AI legislation. The legislation will focus on AI issues like deepfakes, jobs and training, algorithmic bias, digital privacy, national security, and AI innovation and competitiveness. The comprehensive series of AI bills has the support and blessing of Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York, who has tapped multiple Senate committee chairs to lead on introducing and debating major AI legislation after the culmination of his bipartisan AI insight forums last year. The bill should be rolling out in the coming weeks, sources told FedScoop. At the same time, AI leaders on the House side introduced another piece of legislation last week that would require federal agencies to use NISC's Artificial Intelligence Risk Management Framework when purchasing AI tools. This new requirement would follow guidance from OMB on how agencies should incorporate the framework into their operations. The proposal comes from Reps Ted Liu, Zach Nunn, Don Beyer, and Marcus Molinaro, and follows similar legislation unveiled in the Senate in November. It also signals Congress's growing effort to regulate how the government uses and acquires AI, particularly as the Biden administration encourages federal agencies to adopt the technology. You can read more about these stories and more at fedscoop.com. The U.S. national security apparatus in 2021 signed on to a trilateral partnership with the United Kingdom and Australia that has come to be known as AUKUS. The partnership, as the Pentagon explains, is intended to strengthen the ability of each government to support security and defense interests, particularly in the Indo-Pacific, building on long-standing and ongoing bilateral ties and it will promote deeper information sharing and technology sharing and foster deeper integration of security and defense-related science, technology, industrial bases, and supply chains. Back in December, a group led by private sector defense innovation firm BMNT launched the AUKUS Defense Investors Network, a network of leading private capital investors from 300-plus institutional venture capital firms, corporate venture capital groups, and family offices from the three nations. The group looks to support the AUKUS partnership by amplifying its goals to develop interoperable advanced military capabilities in cybersecurity, AI, quantum, underseas capabilities, hypersonics, counter-hypersonics, electronic warfare, and information sharing, areas where private sector investment can accelerate government investment in developing solutions to critical security challenges. 
Heather Jo Richmond is the founder and co-chair of the AUKUS DIN. For much of her career, she served in roles alongside the U.S. DOD and intelligence community to create ecosystems of innovators and investors to engage in national security-focused problem-solving on all levels. I recently caught up with Heather from her home in the Silicon Valley area in California to learn more about the new AUKUS DIN. Heather, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm really looking forward to uh, having a conversation today with you about your new venture, the AUKUS Defense Investor Network, and would love to start there. Uh, it sounds like a pretty novel idea, but uh, would love to start with some basic overview for the listeners on what that AUKUS DIN is and what it sets out to accomplish. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll start with the AUKUS DIN. Um, on December 1st, uh, just, just very recently down at the Reagan National Defense Forum, um, our Secretary Austin, as well as the uh, Ministers of Defense, both from Australia and the UK, announced a trilateral agreement around um, AUKUS uh, technology. So Pillar 1 and Pillar 2. Pillar 1 is around nuclear submarines. Uh, we'll put that on hold. Uh, pillar 2 is, is everything else really stemming from cyber, AI, quantum, uh, undersea capabilities, hypersonics, counter-hypersonics, and information sharing. Um, and so we are, you know, as, as they're making these announcements, there's been a lot of talk within our Department of Defense over the last few years about really engaging more um, with outside technology, um, with startups um, and that sort of thing. And, and so the way that, that we have done that over the last number of years is actually working directly with investors, um, educating investors about the importance of national security, educating the investors, signaling to investors about the sorts of capabilities that our Defense Department needs. Um, we've just taken that a step further. And so as our three countries are looking to work together from a technology standpoint, uh, we also wanted to make sure that, that the private capital community and, um, and the private technology community were also getting together and having similar conversations. Um, it started back in 2019. Uh, we were actually uh, working, kind of looking at, at CFIUS, which is the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S., uh, really looking at, at foreign direct investment or adversarial capital coming into the United States. Um, we we there's a lot of it, frankly, and it's quite nefarious and, and is causing a lot of quite a few problems. Um, so the, the Defense Investor Network is really this very informal group that gets together once a month to talk about these sorts of things. So we are not a policy group. We aren't even incorporated. We don't have a website or a newsletter, um, but a, a group of investors, trusted investors that get together and talk about what's really going on in the defense sector. Well, we're happy to get the word out and talk more about it. And and I saw in the announcement uh, announced back back last month in December 2023, uh, it sounds like you're working with the defense innovation units of each of these three allies. So tell me how you're sort of partnering with them. Obviously, we, we uh, on our side cover the, the U.S. defense innovation unit quite closely. Um, but tell, tell me about those partnerships. I think really, you know, the RDIU here in the U.S. has been incredibly supportive of the U.S. Defense Investor Network since inception. Um, you know, as they are, you know, as they are positioned to be the front door into the Department of Defense, I think they are very right to signal um, to private sector to the private sector as far as what sorts of capabilities. You know, they work with all of the different branches, with all different services, agencies, that sort of thing. And so they are, you know, the really the front line of knowledge to know, you know, what's on what's on the what's on the top of everyone's wish list. And so the more that we can share those those needed capabilities with the investment community, I mean, I I I don't joke even, you know, they, they then become kind of the eyes and ears. So around here, I live, I live in Menlo Parks. So I live right here on Sand Hill Road. Um, it's very cliche, <laughs> but true. Um, and, you know, when I talk to investors, they're talking about, you know, world-class talent and world-class capabilities that they're seeing 18 to 24 months before anyone in our government sees these things. Because I, the joke is that, you know, the only folks that are being stealth in our military is 
a startup that wants to be first to market. And so they stay very quiet, you know, for 18 to 24 months. However, investors know exactly who they are and exactly what they're doing. And so if we, as our U.S. military and our U.S. government, can be having conversations with folks that are on that front line, identifying world-class talent and world-class capabilities, you know, again, 18 to 24 months potentially than we might otherwise see them, we can help them, we can help steer, hopefully help them create and then steer markets because that's what the venture community actually does. So I've always been a little fascinated by AUKUS. It seems like a really interesting, you know, trilateral partnership. And, you know, I'd love for you being, you know, this close to it now with the DIN um, to explain, you know, why this partnership between Australia, the UK and US is so vital to the Pentagon and, you know, you know, not really just, you don't have to focus just on the Pentagon, but each of those um, nations and, and what they're getting out of it and why it's so important in, in today's, uh, you know, dynamic. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it, it mirrors, you know, other successful partnerships that we've built or agreements that we've built, um, you know, such as Five Eyes. And I think um, what it does is it slowly starts to break down some barriers um, for trade. So we've got, you know, ITAR and actually there's really some incredible language that just came out um, in, in the NDAA about reducing some of the ITAR restrictions for trusted allies, right? So um, we as, as a country are we're very protective of ourselves, uh, very protective of our citizens, very protective of our technologies, obviously. Um, so I think having these, these bilateral agreements or this in this case, a trilateral agreement between these two other countries um, really, I think, is a it, it shows how serious the U.S. is about working very closely in a very trusted manner with these with these various countries. And so um, both of these countries in AUKUS were previous are currently you know, considered a five eyes country, so very trusted. Um, but I think really kind of honing in um, around, again, initially nuclear submarines, which is a very sensitive topic. Um, and really, you know, being able to reduce some of those barriers to make sure that we can get those nuclear submarines into the hands of the Australians as quickly as possible. Um, step two is, is, or pillar two rather, is then just broadening that trusted agreement, that trusted relationship. And so I think really most of this just really, you know, really settles around that we are loudly saying that these are allied partners in this fight against our adversaries. Um, and again, you know, the, the more quickly that we as the UK and the US can get frankly, these weapon systems into the hands of the Australians, um, you know, I think that's sending a very strong signal to those that might be looking at us in that way. Well, given some of those high priority focuses of the AUKUS, you know, what are some of the early uh, action items or activities of the Defense Investor Network um, since the launch? Sure. So a couple of things. So, you know, one, there's there's kind of some some more, I won't say touchy-feely, but more kind of broad topics is, is really just getting, you know, private investors from these various countries to know one another, um, back to the concept of a trusted relationship. You know, anytime that here in Silicon Valley, a lot of investing is done based on having a trusted relationship with other investors. So when you have multiple investors in a deal, it's called a syndicate, right? So you've got, so same sort of thing. If you've got a trusted relationship with an investor in Australia or a trusted relationship with an investor in the UK, you're much more likely to seriously look at a deal that they're investing in or reach out to them to see if they want to become part of a syndicate. So really kind of this, this cross-border, the, the idea of cross-border investment is something that really hasn't been all that popular in the United States in the past. I, th I think COVID and everyone being, you know, on a Zoom or on, you know, using technology to communicate has changed that a little bit, has kind of softened those borders. Um, but still, uh, you know, there hasn't been really a, an intentional aggregation of, of investors from various countries to come together. Um, as I kind of, you know, mentioned earlier, you know, Australia has some very key, you know, rare earth materials and metals that, that, that are very key to our defense industry. And so there are some Australian investors looking at, at the mining of that, the, um, you know, the 
harvesting, you know, those sorts of materials. And I think the more that, and there's some really ripe opportunities actually for investors here in the United States to get involved in that. Um, the size of our venture community here in the U.S. is orders of magnitude larger than in either of the other two countries. And so um, you've got world-class talent, you've got amazing capabilities, amazing technologies coming out of both the U.K. and Australia. And I think having access then to U.S. investors and frankly, then to our U.S. defense industry, which is also orders of magnitude larger than the other two industries, um, I think can only be helpful and really expedite you know, how quickly we can get some of these materials into the hands of the warfighter. A few minutes ago, you mentioned the the nuclear submarines as one capability that's really key in this this trilateral partnership. What are some other capabilities or technologies that are being focused on that the the DIN is really um, you know active around or hopeful to support? Sure, I mean it's kind of everything else. So all the you know, all the big catchwords, and I, I hate to say it that way, but you know it's, AI is you know on the tip of everyone's tongue right now, and what that means and how we're going to use it. And you know many many experts have said kind of whoever harnesses AI is going to win. Um, I think that's a very broad statement. There are, you know, just like cyber, there are many different pieces to AI and many applications, you know, of AI. So, um, but, you know, there's been a lot of work being done here in the United States around AI. So that's a big focus. Um, cyber is another one. Um, quantum is another one that's going to be definitely a longer term, uh, you know, a longer term investment. But, you know, the dollars being put into quantum right now are astronomical. Uh, and I say just kind of the, the the field of really high level quantum computing companies, there's amazing quantum coming out of Australia and the UK. Um, so I think it, it's it's to our benefit, you know, for us to be having those conversations with those investors, you know, that, that are seeing the landscape in those other countries as well. Um, undersea capabilities, you know, we're looking at all sorts of and, and with undersea capabilities, a lot, you know, also goes autonomy. So just, you know, the the, the ability to to take the warfighter out of harm's way, use autonomy to then steer undersea capabilities um, in a more time. Um, hypersonics and counter hypersonics are, are two others that people are probably a little less familiar with. Um, and, and frankly, our weapon systems, so we don't talk about them typically as much in the commercial sector, um, but they're, you know, the more people are actually learning what that entails, specifically on counter hypersonics, that's usually um, sensing radars, that sort of thing. Um, people, the more they understand, the less afraid of it they are. Um, so also with nuclear. Um, so the more that we can get out there and actually educate and, and make investors intelligent about some of these capabilities, like I said, the less they're to shy away from them. Um, if they see some really amazing capabilities coming from any of the three countries, um, information sharing is a huge one. Um, and, and, you know, not fake news. How do we get, you know, real information um, going between, you know, our Department of Defense and our investors and, and then also being shared between the three countries um, and beyond, frankly, um, to all our allied nations. But uh, information sharing. Those are those are the main ones. Electronic warfare is another one that kind of gets looped in with the hypersonic uh, bucket. But I'll say the you know kind of the the big three, the big four. You know, cyber AI, quantum information sharing, um, and then autonomy as it pertains to undersea. That's great. That makes total sense. And you know, as we close out, I think you've done a great job kind of walking me through what the DIN is. Um, but I want to kind of close out in a more broader sense. Um, with the whole, um, I guess, the trend line of, of VC and, and, and defense. And um, obviously, it's not a new thing. This has been around for a while, but it seems like it's having a moment. Uh, the New York Times within the last couple of weeks had a pretty good article about the, the nature of high-ranking DOD officials like Mark Esper and others who have gone on to take jobs in, in VC and, and, and things like that. So um, I'd be curious from your perspective uh, on the VC side and, and working in, in, in um, capital and whatnot, um, why is this happening and 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 um why is it so beneficial to the the greater defense ecosystem to kind of bring these two worlds together 
I'll say that I hope we're having more than a moment. <laughs> I hope this is, you know, a, a, a true shift in, in the mindset. And, you know, I wake up every day looking through, you know, looking at the world through a national security lens. That's just how my brain works. That's what I've been, you know, spent the last 25 years of my career on. I'm, you know, part of what the DIN is really to demystify and to translate and to expose investors to the real threats that are going on in our world. Um, it's very easy to live in, um, you know, not to, not to be a fear monger, but to really highlight you know, what's actually happening internationally um, and, and kind of who's looking at us. And so I'll just say, you know, U.S. startups focusing on defense tech drew more than $100 billion in private capital between 2021 and 2023, which was 40% higher than what was invested in the previous four years. So that's, you know, two years there, 2021, the previous four years takes us back, that's six years. We've got kind of general knowledge about, you know, things that, that China is up to. Um, then we have COVID hit and I'll let people extrapolate from there. Um, and then we had the war, you know, the war, on, the, the, the attack on the Ukraine. And then we've got Gaza. I mean, we, we're living in a very unstable place right now. And people, people are scared. And I think there hasn't been a mechanism for the private sector to successfully and intelligently invest in national security, really in any way, shape or form, you know, just a few years ago. And so I think the fact that there's this attention being paid to it, um, you know, there was a little bit of some people, you know, we're giving a little bit of beef to high level, you know, military folks going into the venture community. I think it's absolutely necessary. Um, they know how to thread the needle. They know who to talk to. They know how that place works. The Pentagon is not an easy place to navigate. Um, our Department of Defense is not. And so the idea that we shouldn't have somebody who's, you know, spent 30 years of their life, you know, giving their their service to our country to go and actually help the venture community, the private equity communities, mm -hmm. you know, again, thread that needle, you know, find, you know, navigate the halls of the Pentagon literally um, is silly. You know, th these, these conversations, these relationships absolutely need to take place. And then frankly, you know, our militaries, when you've got those high level relationships in all three countries communicating with one another, that's incredible. And these are the sorts of communications, you know, that, and, and relationships that need to happen. And so I'm thrilled to see it happening. I'm, I'm really thrilled that, you know, the, that the investment community is perking up, they're listening. Well, it certainly sounds like it, it is ramping up and it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. So I'm sure we'll come back to you in the future to hear more about it. But um, really exciting news to hear about the AUKUS DIN and all the work you're doing. So uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch and keep an eye on it. But best of luck moving forward. And thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about the AUKUS DIN at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop Podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher help put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll be back Thursday with a brand new episode. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.